listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. I'm Jen Justice. And I'm Stevie Molsoff. And today is our February edition of Today's Dream, where we talk about what's going on in our own real estate lives and what's going on in the market here in Kansas City. Uh, we do this every other month, and today we're a couple of weeks late. Yeah. Tell us about that, Eric. Well, as it turns out, uh, I had some surgery. And that slowed me down a little bit. I had knee replacement, and uh, the knee was a mess. And uh, two weeks ago, I don't think we could have gotten down the stairs into the studio. Well, so I think we could have gotten down. I just questioned <laughs> getting back up. Yeah, well, I was still in a walker two weeks ago, and now I'm with a cane. So. And he um, did fantastic coming down the stairs. I can testify to that, everyone. T- it was week- pretty fluid. Two weeks ago, it would have been butt slides, and uh, it would have been kind of a mess. So, so we're sorry, guys, but... Uh, the market's still aggressive, and we're here to talk to you about it today. All right, so let's jump right in. Um, you know what? Let's 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 get the heady stuff, the stuff that's wildly complicated to understand, and and uh, let's talk about um, the Fed increasing rates and what's going on with mortgage rates and all of that. And I need to preface this entire discussion that none of us are financial advisors or economic experts. We are around a little bit, and we do know some of the things that do and don't affect mortgage rates, and that might surprise you a little bit. So let's jump in. We know the Fed is increasing interest rates. Notice I said interest rates, not mortgage rates. They are increasing interest rates, and they're going to continue to increase them, they said, throughout the year. Theoretical projection, yes. Right, and they're causing inflation. And by the way, an economic theorist will tell you that we've been in a deflation scenario for way too long. Uh, And we were aggressively in a deflation scenario during the pandemic. And any central bank, the bank that controls the uh, money policy for a country, uh, requires inflation to keep um, national debts from going completely underneath and all of that kind of stuff. So this inflation from a uh, uh, theoretical economic perspective not only is required, it's it's a good thing, but inflation is kind of its own beast. It's not something that anybody controls. It's really controlled a lot by the emotions of the people who use the currency. So it's, it's also a little bit scary. But we tend to think of inflation as something really, really bad. And the reality is, is inflation is a requirement for any growing economy. When your grandmother tells you she used to buy gas for a quarter and now you can't buy gas for a quarter, that's inflation. So we've always had it. Right. So, so I think it will help with the market, right, to raise the interest rate? Well, the real question is, what does the raising of the interest rates, which is about how banks borrow money, et cetera, um, and there's short-term and there's long-term and there's a variety of factors that I don't completely understand, how does that going to affect mortgage rates? Because the raise of an interest rate is not a direct increase of mortgage rates. And you would think that when you increase an interest rate, it automatically affects the mortgage rate. Strangely enough, it doesn't necessarily. Mortgage rates get tied to something called a 10-year treasury bond a lot more than the immediate interest rate. However, when there is inflation, which is starting to happen and will probably continue to happen for a while, the strength of the dollar is going to decrease. Um, Typically, mortgage rates go up. And that's definitely what we're seeing, right? And we've been at historic lows for 
Whew, long time now. I mean, if you think back to the 80s, you hear about people in the teens or, or whatever, and, th- and that was what the expectation was, was the interest rate was in the double digits. So we've had these single-digit, super low interest rates for a long time. I know a lot of our younger buyers probably have come to expect that, but that's if you look at the time span, and I know you were looking at a lot of graphs this morning, yeah. you know, we had double-digit interest rates for a long period of time, and that was the norm. Yeah. So uh, this is actually the abnorm, right? These single-digit twos, threes, now probably looking at fours. We've, I mean, historically, this is just not what we have had. Absolutely. Mor- mortgage rates, by the way, um, in many areas and many types of loans just crossed 4% this last week. Um, and people are like, ah, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. But and, it's and, not, because real estate is still a great investment. Interest rates are still historically very low. So the sky is not falling at all. It's just the four, market 4%. normalizing hey, a bit. You, you get me up to eight or nine, and I might start to agree with you. But yes, my parents bought, bought a house in the 70s, and I believe the loan was 14%. And that was pretty good, because they had great credit. My in-laws were at 18 when they bought their house. Yeah. So, That's insane. Yeah, it, it certainly is not something we can fathom now, and I, I don't think we'll get that high. I mean, certainly not anytime soon. Who knows soon. if we'll see it in our lifetime again? Yeah. Who knows? And, we we and, don't know. We're I not, sure hope not. <laughs> mortgage rates are not— Still going to be a great investment, guys. I did. <laughs> you make things work in every market, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and, and we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. Perception is reality, right? And so— Perception right now is, oh my gosh, this interest rate is rising and it's very high and and what happened to the twos and the threes. But reality is that this is still historically very low. It's a fantastic time to jump into the market. It's a fantastic time to be a homeowner and investor. And it's always going to be a great time, guys. Real estate is always going to be a great investment. We we are not, we cannot predict the future, um, but we can look at historical trends Interest rates don't jump near as high as, um, I'm sorry, mortgage rates don't jump near as high as interest rates typically. Uh, They tend to move a lot slower. So actually in the last six months, we've had a much larger bump than most people have predicted. And it's bumped about, what, three quarters of, I mean, uh, uh, two thirds of a percent or a third of a percent or something, which Mm -hmm. everybody was thinking was going to take a year to do. Uh, So even that's not huge. Let's talk about the impact of a mortgage. Uh, if you are worried about, like, I'm going to make a move this year, I'm going to buy a new house, what is a mortgage rate increase going to do to me? So um, in an average $300,000 home, which is close to where we are average nationwide, uh, and in Kansas City for that matter, uh, if the mortgage rate goes up by a quarter of a percent, uh, you're looking at approximately another $63 a month in your house payment. Now, if the mortgage rate goes up two full percent, which, again, not a financial expert and not predicting the future, but my guess is that would take a couple of years at a minimum uh, and maybe longer, then you're looking at you know several hundred, maybe as much as $500 change in that house payment. So if you're sitting around going, well, I'd like to make a move, and we'll tie this into what the market's doing right now in terms of just the swiftness of the market. And you go, but I want to wait for a, a downturn or a slowdown in the market to make life easier on me. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to work. So we'll come back to that whole, should I wait to go ahead and buy my new house? No. <laughs> uh, but we'll come back to that. But now let's talk about the real estate market in Kansas City and strangely enough, paralleled worldwide, nationwide. Um, and actually worldwide to a certain extent, um, 
what's going on? Because we saw this sort of halfway during, right after lockdowns, when things started opening up um, uh, in, in June a year ago. We'll say we'll call it a buying frenzy. We saw, well, let's call it that. That's a great description, Jen, a buying frenzy. Uh, we saw multiple offers. We saw people offering more than list. We saw people giving appraisal waivers. We were taking our buyer clients to uh, lots of different houses. They were. Um, I had one client who finally got a house on their 13th offer, and they were solid offers. I mean, that's just ridiculous and painful to go through. Hard for a buyer. Very hard. Very hard on buyers. And then we saw, um, I, I want to say, a leveling a little bit. And then we even saw at the very beginning of the what was <laughs> traditional winter, although it's been pretty, it's going to be like 60 something today, but. You know, so let's call it um, right around coming up to Thanksgiving. And then we saw what we thought was going to be the traditional seasonal uh, cyclical market. Right. And and I think, Stevie, you saw this, too, when you were showing houses. We all did. Right. Mm -hmm. I did. And so we kind of thought, OK, this is going to settle back in. And then like right after Christmas. Boom. I think it was right before I actually talked to an investor um, that sells a little bit different way. And he literally Christmas Eve said five offers came in Christmas Eve. And yeah. I was like, what? So, I mean, and traditionally, aren't you sitting around Christmas Eve, having your hot cocoa and doing your traditional opening of one Christmas present, right? And here these people are out stroking offers, right? They're like, I got to get a house for they tomorrow. Figured, they figured it'd be a good day. I they guess so. There was much competition. I guess so. But apparently right before Christmas, there was an, an influx and a surge in this area. And we stopped. haven't seen it stop, and we are now going into February, where I think I might We're have even through February. I might have even said on this podcast, "Oh, I think we'll see a normalizing of the market next year," and yada yada yada. And I truly would have thought that, but holy cow, it is gangbusters, buyers bonanza, buyers frenzy, whatever you want to call it. I personally think it's more aggressive than last year. I, I'm seeing higher offers, bigger appraisal gaps, uh, more people wanting to make offers, you know, it, it's totally I, not what I would have expected. And um, it's hard for all of us. So be patient with us <laughs> if you're out there and buyers don't get discouraged because we know this is your largest financial investment and we feel for you. We really empathize oh gosh, with yeah. you. This is a struggle, but you know, they, they always say anything worth doing, you know, isn't easy and, and this isn't going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. I, I almost think that, that last year created, you know, um, some seasoning on on um, the the public and agents themselves, you know, in a market that was unprecedented that had never happened. And I think I may have even said on the podcast at one point, you know, I, I I'm pretty aggressive with my education, my mentorship with you, and uh, and and uh, just working deals. And so even though I'm only three years in, I really feel like I've got kind of a background that's a lot stronger than many newer agents. Um, and uh, I, I, I kind of said, hey, this is kind of cool because there's not, you know, 25 years of experience makes no difference whatsoever uh, because nobody's ever seen this market. So I'm just as fresh to it as anyone else. Um, and now I think there's a lot of people out there, um, you know, new and, and, and experienced alike that now have gotten some seasoning from how that market works. And so that's where I think maybe... We're seeing uh, some of that more aggressiveness, some of that more confidence in making certain kinds of offers that typically we would shy away from because we've seen them be successful. We've seen some of them fail, and so we've learned. We've all learned from that. Uh, like I say, buyers and agents alike, and so maybe that's why 
people are just, you know, getting on it faster and they like, oh, I know this. I did this a year and a half ago on all, you know, for, for 10 months. I, I know, okay, guys, let's start coaching. And I can tell you one of the clients I'm working with who wants to buy in a very particular area uh, is out getting pre-approved right now. And we've been talking for months, like be prepared when we find the house, you got to jump. So let's get everything in order. Let's understand uh, you know, we let's let's look at contracts first and all of that. So on the first one, you're not reading a contract for six hours because that may be too long. Oh, yeah. You know, it, all it, of these tricks that we can do to say, look, when you are prepared, understand your decisions and make the decision and we go now. And each buyer can have a different experience or or have a different level of need. Right. And so that can change with the timeline that can change with a lot of factors. So that's a conversation we have coming in the door. But also what I've personally seen happen to some of the buyers is the feeling of us uh, actually going through this experience changes because it does feel different to start to actually lose versus me telling you that's going that's to happen. Yeah. It feels very different. And so a buyer can either go into it or a buyer can shy away from it a little bit. Um, so in a typical market, I feel like usually we pick up in the spring and this market, I feel like a lot is there's not as much inventory so what do you what are your thoughts on this spring? Do you think we're gonna pick? We're up? still gonna be crazy. Do you think I mean, there will be more inventory? Well, you would hope, wouldn't you? Well, so traditionally people move in the spring, and it's much of it is centered around uh, school, mm-hmm. right? So we start going, okay, I want a new home, but I want to make this shift potentially changing school districts and schools, and I want to do it during. Um, the April, May, June. I want to get uh, it July done is... so that we're moving in June and July. I want to get yeah. moving. So I think that that's I've always felt like that's what's driven that push. So I suspect that inventory will go up, but don't you think demand will go up equally? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there'll be more houses, but I think that it'd just be more feeding frenzy. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we look at that the whole, the Fed's raising interest rates. It's going to create some inflation. This is going to affect mortgage rates. We look at um, this, hey, this market is, is going to be tough, and we're going to have to get out there and be aggressive with our offers and all of that. If I were thinking about moving, right, upsizing, downsizing, whatever it is, why would I look at this and go, I'm just going to wait it out a couple of years because I'm not going to deal with this? Because I think that's an attitude a handful of people or a lot of people might have. So is that the right attitude? When is the best time to plant a tree? I, I don't know. I yesterday. Don't know. <laughs> yesterday. When's the next best time? Right now. So, I mean, it's that, that whole thought process of we've had people last year that sold their home and maybe chose to rent thinking that the market would detract or decrease or whatever you want to say. And now yeah. it has tenfold. And tenfold's made up number, right? But it's it's just <laughs> significantly... Um, appreciated interest rates are starting to rise so things that people might have thought would happen you know are, are exactly the opposite of what they thought so it, it does really go to when is the best time to plant a tree yesterday but when is the next best time right now don't sure. don't miss an opportunity sure nickel wisdom right a, a facebook meme would say interest rates are going up therefore demand and housing will go down and there's been a correlation traditionally however There are a myriad of factors that create availability of housing inventory, right? How many people are selling their houses? And and that's only one, and that's a very simplistic way of looking at it. The reality is, and we talked about this on the podcast many times, is, is that since 2008 and the huge downturn, which had to do with lending practices, which are not going on now, 
So we don't anticipate any kind of major downturn because of that reason. And residential uh, default is at the lowest point that it's ever been. Yeah, people it are, is, yeah. There is not a high default rate. So there was a thought that, oh, there'll be all these foreclosures and all of this. Something even you were concerned about, right? Experienced people were making those. Like in put, right at COVID time, you sure. know, nobody knew what was going to happen. The Didn't mortgage. know if this was the bubonic plague or anything else, <laughs> right? So people, you, really, none of us knew, right? Yeah, I know. mean, we didn't know. And now we're... Post well, we're not post. Pan- we're not post anything, pan- but, yeah. we're, but we're, we're, we're well further down the road, yes, right? Yeah. Uh, so we're further down the road, and um, the sky has not fallen, and demand has stayed strong, and interest rates are going to start to increase. But you know, it- I, I, we don't think that's going to because because we know that interest rates trickle up. They traditionally don't. They're they're quote unquote inflation proof, or at least infra- inflation sort of shielded. Um, we don't really think that that's going to affect the demand. What what the biggest problem in demand right now is supply. We know that the uh, new home and starts have been traditionally underserved for the last decade. You take the crisis of what happened to the pandemic with a lot more demand to get um, away from home, uh, away from certain living conditions, people who now have the ability to get out into more space, et cetera, um, you know, and then just the um, continued lack of availability of affordable housing uh, in particular. Uh, but even I even have a client who's looking at, you know, really high-end properties here in the city. and, and There's just not even a lot of those coming on the market. There aren't. I mean, what's been interesting is, is, you know, the knee surgery and everything, and I haven't been mobile. And the good news is, is we're a great team, and we're all catching up, and, and we introduce ourselves to our clients like that. So this particular client knows you guys as well. And, and uh, so we were going to, you know, but there really hasn't been anything to show while I've been immobile. Now, it's not bad for her, and but, you know, I mean, it's nothing. Yeah, and you get, um, you know, I would say the average home price right now is about 350000 in this area. That's going to be the, the average median, whatever you want to say there. And when we look at the weekly what comes on the market, because everybody's kind of gone to that Thursday, Friday model, show the weekends, Offers on Sunday. It's a. I mean, it yeah. pretty much has become sort of textbook, you, if you will. You're selling most and, of your houses in the first three days, right? And so when we see <laughs> those um, Thursday Fridays, we're only seeing one, two, maybe three houses come on the market, and you've got to think you've got 50 people looking at those same three yeah. houses that your client is looking at, and that's the reality of the market that we're in right now. Is there is an influx of people coming to this area? They're moving from other states. You've got other people that are moving out of mom and dad's basement now. That you know things yeah. are starting to quote unquote normalize. You've got people that want their home office because they're going to be working <coughs> from home several days a week now. Um, they don't have to go. You know, you're seeing this model of okay, we're only going to be going to the yeah. office two or three days a week and we want to change in our living space because I want a home office now. So there's a lot of different factors, as you already said, Eric, that are going into this, but it's, you've really got 50 people looking at three houses. It's crazy. And then how many of those people are going to make an offer? Probably 25. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's seriously, there's 25 offers coming in on a house right now. So it's crazy. I mean, we've never seen anything like it, just as you said before. You know, that's, you mentioned home office and I can't stress enough how, how significant that is. The the last closing I just had in, in January, right before my knee surgery, um, was a, a, a couple that uh, both were working from home and will be working from home probably now for the rest of their careers if they stay in these positions. Uh, and and um, the way their home was set up is, is they had to home office physically together. 
and that just wasn't working for them, right? I mean, there are couples that can spend all of their time together, and then there are couples that can't. And uh, I think the first is rare. And so what in the new home, what they're able to do is to have different spaces uh, in the house for their home offices, and that works a lot better for them. So uh, big, big consideration as we were looking at houses. So, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's talk about uh, a little bit about just kind of anecdotally, just some fun things that are going on in our own professional lives right now. Um, and, you know, maybe your personal life if you want, because uh, maybe there's something cool Yeah, where's there. our segment about Eric? What did yeah. Eric used to what, do that we didn't know about? What did Eric used about? to do that we didn't know about? Um, let's see. I, I'm trying to remember what I've told you. Uh, here's one for you. Uh, there was a short period of time uh, that I earned a living uh, as a licensed masseur. Oh, oh my. <laughs> there you go. That, that's one that very few people know. So I did not know that. That's right. I was working in a, in a sports therapy um, facility uh, <laughs> in Oklahoma. I don't even think I knew you lived in Oklahoma. There you go. Well, I tell you, there's a lot back. You know, I am definitely a jack of all trades and a master of none, except for maybe now real estate. I don't know. I mean, that's pretty good. I think you're like secret CIA agent. (laughs) Are you in the? Are you in witness protection? And we're like busting this out here. That's that's right. Yeah. Eric's got some unknown or or known to him uh, crime information. The the, uh, have the guy who's in witness protection desperately pushed to do a podcast. uh, You know, twice a month. That that's. uh, that's that smart move. Of course, nobody ever really accused me of being that smart. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, what's been going on, Jen? Uh, tell us the story about because um, I, I think we might try to get them to come on the podcast. But you've just dealt with some homeowners who essentially had to work completely one hundred percent virtual. Virtual. Talk. Yes. Tell us about that. So there was a buyer coming in from out of state. Obviously, with the market, they could not fly up here every single time a home came on the market to look. <laughs> And so uh, we've got some lovely tools these days to make virtual buying a better experience, to make the video better, all of the different things. And they looked at every home virtually. Some of them they did have a a local person come and look at. Ultimately, the home that they made the offer on and got was one that they viewed 100% virtually and went through and um, was able to successfully get the offer. I believe the agent said they had 33 offers on the home, and we were lucky to... Finally get the winning straw, right? Oh, it feels gotta, good, doesn't it? You got to really trust your agent doing that. Good thing good thing they picked you. It Jen. was a fantastic referral from another agent friend of mine out in Kansas. And they were actually moving from Arkansas. They were originally in Kansas with this team. And then um, their agent referred them to me locally. And they live down in Arkansas now and 100% virtual. But I think they would be an amazing uh, testimony to how that process can work. I think it's going to be a coming trend. And, you know, if we do have people from moving out of state that is a reality that can you fly in for every home can you be here to look at every home or you know do you have someone locally that can because as you said earlier jump how high right right quickly quickly jump so i can tell you one of the cool things was and of course they were looking for and put offers in for several weeks and it started before before i went down and uh you know i mentioned that you know here the dream homes by jen team we work as a team and we talk to you know our clients about hey if there's a time when i can't another team member will fill in and we introduce and all of that stuff and we constantly communicate there's really very little competition between the three of us if any and um uh, so I was able to, I happened to be in the area um, uh, showing another home that had finished up and something came on the market like and within an hour and you were uh, north and I was south and they're and they like, hey, Eric, can you do this? So I got to meet them virtually and this was one where they had a local friend come along and that was so helpful 
uh, or to be able to have lots of conversations with them to understand what's important to them. Um, because what's important to me is irrelevant. What's important to you is what's what's important now in the transaction. So whereas, you know, I'm a big guy, so I'm always looking for space and, you know, uh, am I going to be able to, you know, is the shower teeny? Am I going to be able to maneuver in this bathroom? Am I, uh, are, are the hall doorways wide and the hallways wide because that makes me more comfortable? That, you know, if you're, if, if you're gen size, you know, I don't know, what what are you, 5'3", five, 5'4", five, no, you're 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five. hell, I don't know, everybody's short. <laughs> really so. close, yeah, 5'4". Yeah, so 5'4", 110 pounds soaking wet, I mean, you probably- I am way, way more than 110 pounds now, let's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, I mean, you know, those, those certainly are considerations, but you're not going to need as much space. So, I mean, again, so that's just a difference of, and so you've really got to understand what your clients do. So having that friend, that local friend there- he was able to talk with me and talk with them because we were doing this virtually. And we got to really understand some of the things that are really, really important to them. And then what's really cool is, is then you and I spoke and I got to say, hey, by the way, in my experience, here are some things that they pointed out that you're going to want to keep in mind as we continue to look at houses. So that is cool. Neat stuff. Yes. Neat. And I've launched a mounted shooting club since uh, December. So Ozark Mounted Shooters, myself and Angela Picor, are now the proud owners of a mounted shooting club in Missouri and uh, getting ready to have our second event coming this weekend. We had to cancel the first one due to weather. We've had some crazy weather, but we're yeah, excited to again. start the mounted. I don't know that the snow is going to hit us this time. I heard Plus, six, by six this weekend, it's going to be 60. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have to tell you, so uh, for those of you who don't know what mounted shooting is, join the club. Uh, that being said, uh, so I was looking at that. I saw that you had the event, and my wife and I were sitting there, and I told her, I said, hey, look, as um, soon as I'm able, we're going to one of these, even if it's one of the ones added. i got to see what this, how this works. I mean, I understand the concept of on ours with a gun. I get that. Right? And those are crimped blanks. I had somebody this week that I met. I haven't seen them in a long time from St. Louis, some friends. And they were like, how do you guys not hit people in the audience with the bullets? <laughs> That's a fair question. It. I had they myself. are crimped bullets with embers that go 10 to 12 feet. So everyone in the audience is safe. The arena is a large size, usually at least 100 feet across. So, And the, the course is set up in the middle. So something going 10 to 12 feet should never hit anyone in the audience um, and typically does not. I don't knock on wood, right? We don't have any accidents from that. But uh, yeah, it's where you ride the horse through a pattern of courses and shoot the balloons with your uh, 45 single action revolver so annie oakley here mm-hmm. right it's not just good enough for her to say hey here's a new hobby that i really like horses yeah uh now let's go ahead and add guns to it because you know i'm a you know a, a, a country girl or whatever you are you you, you essentially run a farm out there even though it's a house <laughs> uh but then just just typical jen this you know i just don't like there's not an I'll just go ahead and start a whole club. Well, that way we can have more events in Missouri and keep it going for the kids, right? You know, I can tell you, and Stevie, I hate to speak for you, but neither Stevie nor I are, I think, that ambitious. It's like, hey, (laughs) let's start a club of this thing that we found that, you know, and start organizing events. And it's not like, hey, we're going to have, we're we're starting a a card club where we need folding tables and chairs. It's like, (laughs) we need horse arenas and a stall. Oh my gosh, you're crazy. We need ammos, poles, balloons, timers, you name it. We got it. I can't wait to come out and see one. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. 
All right, Stevie, what's going on with you, either professionally or, or personally? Tell us about, I know we talked about it last time, tell us about your um, Airbnb, because, I mean, we're just so enthralled with that. That's Yeah, that's about, about all I got going on right now. <laughs> it's going great, though. Uh, we're we're pretty booked, so it's mid, um, what is it, February mid, right Mid-February, now. February 15th. February 15th, and we are booked through April. We've even got bookings as far out as October, so... It's going great. Uh, and then everybody you, likes it. Reviews are all good. So you're you're taking care of it yourself, or are you I'm and doing, you and your husband? I'm doing all of it. <laughs> me and my husband. You mean me? <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to give trying to give him a little bit of a shout out. So uh, has that become horribly burdensome time wise, or no? Um, it really hasn't. At first, when I because I do the cleaning and all that too, right. and I thought. Ooh, this is really this is a lot to take on but as the more I do it the faster I get it started started off at like an hour at least every time I'd go clean now I can get in and out in about 20 minutes system and, and process it's it's right up the street from my house too so it's I mean it's not going out of the way to go do it I just go do it and get it done and it's it's great it's and working out awesome and so there is a the 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 monthly cost of the home of the cleaning supplies of utilities internet, the, internet mm-hmm. the furniture cost which has to be amortized over time mm-hmm. yet you're having no problem meeting those costs and making a profit no and we actually started during the slow season and in, in November was when we first started renting it and we had talked to a person that does like Airbnb management and we thought maybe we'd go that route but decided just to do it ourselves but he was like well it's it's the slow season same with real estate i mean winter's slow but we haven't had any issues thank goodness no it's been the any piece of the real estate market has been very aggressive whether it's it's rentals i mean we've had several people applying for our properties unfortunately we can't approve all of them but i mean the demand is definitely strong for this area in general yeah absolutely it's a great place <laughs> we know that we live here right yeah absolutely no I, I i do and i live in a great little community i love it um you know for me it's been uh, um a lot less get out there um mm-hmm. virtually none in the last three and a half weeks um uh, but so a lot more um just kind of keeping an eye on the market um, checking with my clients to see where they're at i've got essentially three that are uh, sort of at the beginning of their process. Like I say, one's just getting pre-approved. One is waiting for the right kind of houses, and they just haven't been popping up, you know, for her. And then uh, the other ones, they're, uh, they're moving here from out of town. So we're, we're trying to figure out whether they're going to – they have to decide whether they're going to come in and get a temporary place and start looking or whether they're going to do something a little more virtual. And that's going to happen here in the next six weeks or so. So it's been a lot of just keeping an eye on the market, you know, from – from essentially me and the computer, so me and the cats and the computer, because uh, <laughs> I've been kind of laid up, had a little complication there with cats the, computer complication. Yeah, I had the complication, so I've got a, I've got some nerve damage, and uh, that takes a long time to figure out and go away, and so that that's been challenging. But um, hey, it is getting back it is. on the horse. Well, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be getting on a horse anytime <laughs> soon. I am walking with a cane, and uh, so we're doing we're doing pretty good. Um. Uh, so I guess as we you know come close to, to wrapping up this this uh, episode of what's going on in Kansas City real estate, we didn't quote you any specific numbers, but inventory remains at historic lows, which means there just aren't as many houses out there to buy. Or really, um, the the piece we need to understand is um, how we measure inventory levels, and so. 
we measure them based on how many months supply there are. Because to be honest, if inventory was at a historic low and demand was at a historic low, it wouldn't matter. It would still feel the yeah, same. We'd be fine. Right. So if we had, you know, um, a, a thousand houses out there, but only 900 buyers, it wouldn't, you wouldn't feel this crunch. Uh, so we do say, okay, if we took the number of houses that are available and the average number of sales, how many months would it take for those houses to go away? Uh, a flat market, neither a buyer nor seller, we t typically think is somewhere around three. Um, and so these are not big numbers. Um, Kansas City has traditionally, before the pandemic, been a very strong market for many years. It's been a buyer's market, I mean a seller's market for many years, uh, with numbers in the 2.5 to 2.7 range. Uh, and I want to say, I, I haven't gone all the way back, but I know that stretches back you know, for a good three to five years before the pandemic. Uh, our current, did, did you, anybody look at the current? What's the current right now? What Point are, seven months of supply. Point seven. I mean, that's mm -hmm. just absolutely insane. And I believe this is the decrease from uh, January of last year. That's a decrease of 36.4%. So oh it was goodness. somewhere around one and now it's somewhere on point seven. I have a quick question. Sure. Ha, have either of you noticed um, building, new builds picking up or are they still pretty slow? I haven't seen a tremendous increase in that. Um, I've seen... I have some land listed, actually, and some people wanting to build, but the struggle of the supply is still very real. Well, and supply, which is easing up, right? It is. Lumber is easing it up, is. but now the big problem is labor, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So they can't they can't get the, the you know there's they they're suffering in the labor market just like everyone else, which I can't even begin to speculate. It's not like we have less people. It's not like we're continuing to have you know large amounts of money. Uh, added to unemployment, which is what a lot of people thought the cause was. And yet we yeah. still have this massive labor shortage. So my, I, I have no idea. My understanding is that when the pandemic started, there was so many people that were close to retirement age that decided to take an early retirement and that freed up a lot of higher end jobs. So all the... We sh everybody started yeah, shifting they up. They started moving up and now uh, so we have a, so many openings. We have tons of directors and managers and no line workers. Yes. Too yeah. many chiefs and not enough Indians. Uh, my opinion is that's been the American corporate culture for some time, but that's irrelevant. Hence yeah. real estate. <laughs> yeah. It's so, exciting. Um, you, you need if, if it's something you're thinking about and you're waiting for the market to shift, you could be waiting years. Um, and so our recommendation is, is to find a great agent to let them help you get prepared and then understand the, the market that you're going into. It is unrealistic to go to Disney World in June and think, or July, and think there's not going to be lines. Even right now, from and, what yeah. I hear. And if you go to Disney World in July and you complain about the lines, you didn't set your expectations properly. You can handle this market. Anybody can. You just need to have an agent that's helping you set your expectations properly. Um, and, and, and so it's just different than it was 10 years ago. And that's great information. And one of the things that um, maybe we didn't say enough is also with the mortgage rates and the interest rates, shop. Do your oh, yeah. homework. Interview your mortgage people and, you know, check with your agent, especially to make sure this is somebody they've used, because that may be a question that you get asked in this process is, have you worked with this lender before and what is their ratio to close? Meaning, do they get deals to the table and get them signed and closed and, and gone on with? There was a great piece on Rocket Mortgage this morning because they had a funny Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. And the thing is, those very simplified 
pre-approvals uh, are not the same as a pre-qualification going through the fully vetted process. So they haven't necessarily checked assets. They haven't necessarily actually checked income. And if you're just getting a stroke of a letter that has not been verified, unfortunately, that is not what you really need in this market to make sure you can get past the finish line. Sure. I, I think, and you're right, we didn't say it, so we should tag it on to the end. I think now more than ever, ever uh, with you know sh things shifting, you need to shop your mortgage rates. Different mortgage lenders, <clears throat> excuse me, different mortgage lenders are more comfortable in certain zones and they offer certain rates because to them it's about risk. And some mortgage lenders are very good at risk in this scenario, maybe FHA, low income, maybe bad credit, and some are much better at, hey, jumbo loans, you want to go out and buy that big mammoth house out in Lee Summit or Johnson County or wherever it is, up north there's a bunch of them. Um, and so there's certain lenders that deal with that better, and their rates will be lower. So Yeah, that's the, right. Their appetite for a particular market is going to be um, more aggressive or, or more competitive than some. And so that's why you just ask the questions. And the other mm -hmm. important piece is be comfortable with this person, because we said this earlier, we are not in a stated income loan type of market anymore. We don't have those predatory lending practices. So your lender is going to ask you a lot of personal questions, ask for your bank statements, ask for your tax returns. And so you want to make sure ultimately that you are comfortable with this person because you are going to give them personal financial information. Yeah. Yeah, you need to, in my opinion, if if you think something's going to happen in the next eighteen months, um, don't don't hesitate or just be aware of what you're getting into. So critical that you find an agent who can act as your guide, your project manager, make sure that everything's being pulled together, uh, that you trust, that you can have conversations with, not only about what you like and what you need, uh, but also probably um, you know tying into some of these financial considerations, a lender as well. Uh, and, and all of the people that are going to be on your team when you, when you do this real estate transaction. Uh, but, but don't fear it. Just understand what it is and get up and get out there. So call us. Call another awesome agent if you know one. Uh, make sure they're willing to spend the time to give you the education you need. Absolutely. All right. That's it. That's a wrap. This is today's dream for February of 2022. We wish you the absolute best. The first time we've talked to you this way this year. And so uh, happy new year and make 2022 2022. Awesome. Make it awesome. All right. Until next time. See ya. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.